Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash. And you're listening to episode 219 of Chat Disney. So welcome back to another episode of the Chat Disney Podcast. And after Tash flew solo last week, I am back. I'm back from my holiday. And I've also been up to another little adventure. I was in London this week at the Disney's Wonder of Friendship exhibition. And that is what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. I'm going to be sharing all of the details from the event with you. And of course, with Tash, I'm going to be telling you what it was like. And the event actually has finished now unfortunately so there won't be um, the opportunity to go and experience this yourself however there are lots of really fun pop-up events happening in London as well as many other cities across Europe and the US for Disney 100 so if you like what you hear today go and check your local city see what's on see if there are any Disney 100 events coming as I say there are some more coming to London which we'll touch upon throughout the episode today as well so that you know where to look and where to keep an eye out for upcoming events but that is what we're going to be talking about for today's episode but it wouldn't be chat disney without first having a quick look at what's been happening in the world of disney this week So kicking off with Disneyland Paris this week, and there have been more cast member strikes, meaning that certain parades and shows, including Mickey and the Magician, couldn't take place in the resort last week. There's been a lot about this on social media. I did briefly mention it as well last week. And we do support the strikes. We do support the staff members. And hopefully these things will get resolved quickly so that shows and parades can continue as planned. And the Tower of Terror will be facing an extended closure. Bad news for anyone who has got a trip planned soon and wanted to visit the Tower. Very sad. And I wonder if there's maybe a a little makeover coming to our friend, the Tower of Terror in Paris, but we haven't heard anything at this stage. Heading over to Walt Disney World and the fire breathing Maleficent is back during the daytime parade. So after the fire that happened at Disneyland's Fantasmic, all of the fire-breathing Maleficents around the globe were temporarily asked to not have any flames <laughs> coming out of their mouths for health and safety reasons, but it seems as though the Imagineers and the Engineers are satisfied with the Maleficent Dragon in Orlando. So if you are going to Orlando anytime soon and you want to see that amazing, majestic, Maleficent breathing fire, then you are in luck. Unfortunately, however, if you had your heart set on a voyage on the Galactic Star Cruiser, that is no longer going to be possible. So we have been covering the Galactic Star Cruiser at Walt Disney World extensively on the Chat Disney podcast. It's been in most of our news updates and segments. And what started out as a once in a lifetime immersive opportunity quickly became a very unpopular and expensive experience that a lot of fans could just not justify attending. And we've seen voyages be pulled back. We've seen people be offered really outrageous discounts. So we kind of knew that the Star Cruiser was struggling, but it seems as though it's official as Disney have now confirmed that the last uh, Galactic Star Cruiser voyage will be this September. Now, Imagineers are reportedly quite shocked about this because they had been asked to work on fresh material for the new year, um, which apparently those plans have now been scrapped. And it seems as though, you know, the very small subset of people that were interested in this experience, at least, 
have decided to take this opportunity on board because all of the final dates in September are currently sold out. So the message to you is, if you are one of the lucky few people who A, is a big Star Wars fan, B, really likes the idea of being in a fully immersive experience for three consecutive days, and C, has the means and funds to pay for such an event, then you want to get your hands on those tickets. They are going like hotcakes. Really, really interesting one. We could do a whole mad chatter about it, to be completely honest, because it was quite a different direction for Disney. But unfortunately, it looks as though it did not pay off. And we've got a little bit more Walt Disney World news as well. There was a fist fight. Have you seen this? It went viral. A family feud, a family brawl, if you will, a proper fist fight happening at the Magic Kingdom. I mean, what is there to fight about at the Magic Kingdom? Who took the last turkey leg? Who cut in line on Peter Pan? I don't know. But go and check it out. It is quite outrageous. And fans are saying that this family deserves to have a lifetime ban. And I have to say, I I would agree with that. And final bit of Walt Disney World news, lots has been happening in Orlando this week, and this is arguably the biggest bit of Disney news to to hit headlines. So we heard, I don't know when it was, a year, two years ago, that Disney had these big grand expansion plans in Orlando to create some kind of training center. And as part of that, all of Disney Imagineering was moving from California to Orlando. Now, naturally, fans and Imagineers and cast members alike were absolutely outraged by this. You've got people who have been Disney Imagineers for decades living in California with their families who have suddenly had to relocate their family to Orlando or even worse, some of these Imagineers have actually resigned because they just could not justify uprooting their entire life. Well, those Imagineers that resigned will be royally peeved because Disney have now pulled back these plans. This was an $867 million investment opportunity for them in Orlando. It has been scrapped, and this all follows amidst the DeSantis row. Now, we have touched upon the row between Disney and Ron DeSantis on the podcast, but there is so much to unpack there that if you are interested, I really recommend going onto the BBC website. They've got a really short, like 10 minute synopsis of the entire feud that will bring you up to speed. But all you need to know is that is the reason that Disney have scrapped these plans. I don't know about you, Tash, but if I was one of those Imagineers who had walked last year because of this, and then I found out it wasn't even happening, I would be very, very annoyed. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be cause to start a fist fight in uh, Walt Disney World, right? (laughs) And finishing off today with some Disneyland news. And talking about the Maleficent Dragon, Fantasmic will be staying closed until at least Labor Day, which I believe is in September. Um, And this is, of course, after the Maleficent Dragon did catch on fire. And I believe that Disney are taking the opportunity to see about adding some new scenes and sequences to Fantasmic. So every cloud has a silver lining. But that sums up everything that's been happening in the world of Disney this week. We're now going to move on to the main part of the episode, talking all about the Disney 100 experience in London. So, the Disney 100 Wonder of Friendship, I think that's the official name. It's a friendship event celebrating friendship in London for Disney 100 was happening last week. And as I say, unfortunately, it has now closed. I think it ran the 12th of May to the 21st of May. And I was very lucky and went this week. Now, this experience 
was a bit of a strange one in that, as I mentioned in the intro, it was a pop-up event for Disney 100. Now, we've seen things like this in the past. There was a pop-up art exhibition in, I think it was 2019, for Mickey 90, which I went to with my mum and my sister. So we have seen these kind of little sporadic pop-up events. And I would say... If you can get to London easily, they are definitely worth doing. They're normally really inexpensive. I think I paid like five pounds for the Mickey Nighty one. And this Disney 100 one, I I didn't pay any more than 20 pounds or like 25 pounds, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you've got to be able to get to London quite quickly um, because you don't normally get that much notice. I think I booked these tickets like a month ago, something like that. And we did end up booking for a Friday because we didn't have any weekends. As as I say, it kind of straddled two weekends and we weren't free. So I did have to take a day off work as well, which obviously, you know, depending on your situation may not be possible. But what I would say is if one of these events comes up in your town and like it's going to be really inconvenient to go or whatever, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. But if you happen to be in the area, it's really inexpensive and it is good fun. So I would recommend doing it now. Where should we start, Tash? Because I guess we haven't spoken about this at all. So you don't know anything about this, which is quite cool and quite fun. So I can sort of share it with you. I guess the first thing to note, which was before I even booked the tickets that I thought was quite unusual about this event, it was advertised as adults only. Mm, I remember I remember us reporting that when we, the, the friendship thing, whatever it was, was announced that it was going to be for ages... 18 plus. Correct. Yeah. So what's weird is that I did see two children when I was there and I looked at the ticket, not not to be like a a job's worth or anything like that, but just because I was looking at the ticket and I did notice that there was a line at the bottom said that said that if you did have an under 18 with you, it was fine, but they needed to be with an adult. It was interesting. I'll talk about the experience obviously in full in a sec, but seeing the two children there, I can absolutely see why they said it was an 18 plus event. Interesting. See, I can't, I'm really intrigued now because I can't fathom what kind of Disney event or exhibition would not be child friendly. Yeah. So I think like the Mickey 90 event that I went to was very much an art exhibition. So it was a gallery and they had artists who had commissioned pieces of artwork, especially for the exhibition that were Disney inspired. And then they had things like legacy Mickey short artwork that you could buy and things like that. So that event was child friendly but would a child care, right? It's an art gallery. Yes, it's Disney, but it's an art gallery, but it was chi- it was child friendly. It was child safe. I would say that it was perfectly fine for these children to be at the event. But as we talk about it, I think it's it, it's not ideal. I would say. Okay, interesting. Because I saw a few of your stories, and none of them seemed particularly non child friendly. Yeah, I'm very intrigued yeah. now. Cool. So the way that this event was kind of marketed, it was like a virtual VR kind of, um, again, art. In, it was art, very much so. Um, but it was very much targeted for, I would say, the Disney adult. And I don't like that phrase. <laughs> I know it's used as a slur, but it was very much. It was very much your Disney millennial, your Disney Gen Z. And as I say, I, I was there 
I got there at 12 o'clock, which was the first slot of the day. And there was a huge queue to get in. And I saw a lot of people on my way around because you you don't have a time limit. It, it takes as long as you want it to take. Um, and so I saw lots of different people come and go while I was there. I obviously saw the queue as I was leaving as well of the people that were going in at a later slot. And I only saw one family with children and everyone else that was there obviously were friends. I saw a lot of like, I saw a lot of elder women as well. Um, So I say elder, older than us. (laughs) So like forties and fifties. Um, it would be great if you were working in London and you could go for a lunch break because I would say that the average person would be able to do it in under an hour. Um, so yeah, I saw a lot of like couples and like two women or like a little group of friends. I actually did the experience with my sister and my sister's boyfriend. And um, we did have a fourth ticket because our mum was meant to be coming, but she couldn't come last minute. And I contacted all of my friends in London that I thought might be able to get there on a whim. Um, and unfortunately, none of them could. So we did have a spare ticket going. Maybe I should have advertised it on our chat Disney social media and seen if I had any takers. Um, but there we are. I didn't offer you, Tash, because I knew that Theo was obviously with you and that wouldn't be ideal. And it, it wouldn't have been ideal for Theo. There's one bit in particular. I actually think a baby would have been better than a child, um, which we'll come on to. But there's one bit in particular that wouldn't wouldn't have been suitable. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of how it was marketed. And as I say, it was all about friendship. So you go in, first of all, and I, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I'd seen sort of like some neon lights and things like that um, on the branding and on other people's social media, but really didn't know anything at all. And the first thing that they say to you is, have you got Snapchat? You need Snapchat. So I didn't bother to download it because my sister had it. So I was like any of the Snapchat stuff. She's Gen Z. She's, you know, even she was like Snapchat. That's like old news. And I was like, well, do you have it? She was like, yes. I was like, great. You can be the Snapchat person. So she did all of our Snapchat stuff. You don't need Snapchat to go to this event. Um, and, and anyone that went will know that. But what it did was it just enhanced the event a little bit more. So the way that it was categorized, there were four very distinct areas and they had picked four Disney movies that celebrate friendship. The first one was Alice in Wonderland. And that was about like using your curiosity to discover new friends and make new friends in unlikely places. So that was the first one. The second one, um, I can't remember what the name of the Alice area was. It was something gardens. Then you had Ohana Bay, which was a Lilo and Stitch themed area. And obviously the friendship there is very, very obvious. Lilo and Stitch kind of writes itself. Um, And that was all about like finding the balance of your friendship. Um, Then there was the uh, Lion King section that I can't remember what it was called. And that was around like working together and teamwork. And then the final room was Mickey and Pals. And I can't remember what like the theme, like what the friendship theme was there. Um, But I do remember the activity. So we'll come on to that. So each room had kind of installations and interactive things and lights um, and screens sort of playing uh, clips of the movie with like important friendship messages. It was very much like an art installation-y type thing. But then each area had an activity that you had to do together as a team to sort of challenge your friendship. And then you were given a, I think they called it like a wonder of friendship key. And in each room you had to tap it was a bit like a magic band. You had to tap a screen 
and then answer questions about your friendship. And then at the end, it told you like what kind of friendship you have, basically. So we'll start with Alice in Wonderland, which is one of my least favorite Disney movies, actually. Um, you're not a big fan of Alice either, are you? I really don't like Alice. And no, I tried yeah. to watch it a couple of years ago and I just could not get on board with it at all. Um, I really yeah. don't know that movie very well obviously I know the general base of it because it's such a famous story but yeah I'm I'm not in the Alice camp no I thought that was the case I'm super familiar with it I watched it loads as a kid and I like it but it's as I say it's just not a not a favorite and I actually thought that for this friendship event it was a bit of a rogue choice but it was weird as well like before you got in they had screens sort of playing Disney clips and things and it was re- the, a part, the the rooms weren't because you've got Lilo and Stitch and you've got Lion King. But but prior to going in, it was really heavy on like the silver and bronze era. She had a lot of like 101 Dalmatians, um, some gold as well. Like it was older stuff. Um, Dumbo, Bambi, um, Aristocats. There wasn't anything sort of post 1970, I wouldn't say, which was quite interesting. So anyway, went into this Alice room. So the first room you went into had these kind of life-size flowers and they had like the bread and butterflies sort of hanging from the ceiling, which was really amazing. And then my sister was using the Snapchat and it basically had a filter, like a location-based filter. And if you walked around the experience using Snapchat, you could see the rocking horse flies from the movie and other sort of animated things were around you, which you wouldn't have seen without the filter. So it's still very enjoyable without, but it just enhanced the experience a bit more. That's the first thing that's not accessible to children. Children do not have phones. Snapchat is for people, I believe, 13 years of age or over. I think it would be a really good event for teenagers. I think teenagers that are into Disney would love this. But, you know, you've got a four-year-old child. They're not going to see, you know, the the, the 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 rocking horse flies and things. And there were more impressive things later on with the Snapchat QR stuff. So straight away, a really massive bit of the ele- element of the experience is not accessible for children. So that was the first thing. Um, so then the sort of challenge um, about finding friends um, in the Alice room, and this was the bit of the experience that really I would say you wouldn't be happy with um, with Theo, and I was very pleased that my mum wasn't there. Um, we got to a door, and it had a key, like a like a lock cut out, um, and you had to wait because only one group could go in at a, ta- at a time. And um, they said, right, your first sort of mission is you need to escape Alice's mist maze. So we're like, oh, okay. And they did ask if we were like asthmatic and things like that, which luckily none of us are. My mum is is an asthma sufferer. Um, and they, were, I assume there must have been an escape route so that you didn't have to do, like there must have been. And obviously I'm six months pregnant, but didn't bat an eyelid because things like that don't bother me. And we went into this room and it was really short, actually, the maze. There was basically big neon lights of characters and you needed to find the Mad Hatter and that was your way out. And I um, went in and you may have seen the pictures that I took. It took some really amazing pictures because it was all smoky and then you just had this neon light. It looked amazing. But the smoke in the room, like, honestly, as I say, it was really short. It was literally a corner. I was fine, but I can imagine that if I was someone who was asthmatic, I certainly wouldn't want my 
baby in there or even a small child it was a room it wasn't mist it was like smoke it's really hard to explain what it was like and then it wasn't until we got out and then through another door that we were like oh god I can breathe properly now it kind of felt like you couldn't properly inhale and exhale it was like I guess it was like a smoke machine but like you couldn't see like when you went in they were like you need to link arms to help each other get out of the maze you couldn't really see in front of you you could just see these neon lights and it did look really effective um but yeah that's probably like the thing that I would say was really inaccessible for like young children and obviously asthma sufferers as well. I mean, yeah, I can get quite claustrophobic and that sounds pretty hideous to me. I'm quite surprised there weren't any warnings about, you know, expectant mothers or anything like that. So I wonder what it was that they were using. Yeah, I've got no idea. It was, it didn't smell smoky or anything like that. It just, it felt like breathing was restricted, if that makes sense. It wasn't that claustrophobic, actually, because it was white. Um, You couldn't see, but it was white. It wasn't dark. Right. Um, It was, like, bright. It was really... I don't know how they did it. You couldn't really see where the ceiling... And it was just white in front of you. And then all you had to guide you were these big neon lights that were on walls. Right. Um, So, yeah, it wasn't a claustrophobic... And it was really wide as well. Like, there were three of us, and they told us to walk in linked arms. So it wasn't a claustrophobic type thing. I think you would have been absolutely fine. I was absolutely fine as well. I'm just, I was just surprised that a Disney yeah. event would do something that could prohibit your breathing. <laughs> yeah, that is, um, especially when I feel like they could have done so many other things for that. Like they could have made an actual proper maze. Or I mean, I guess they're limited with space, right? So that's probably a way of of having. I don't know, a similar thing you have to find out your way out yeah. of in, in, a, in a very kind of small space. But yeah. yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, it looked amazing. But yeah, the practicalities of that were not, were not, yeah. And then the next room was Ohana Bay, which was really awesome. So this one was all about testing the balance of your friendship. And they had three surfboards that were on, you know, those... Um, like boards you have at the gym and like it's like half an exercise ball yes yeah it's kind of like that with a surfboard and you basically had to like all balance together on the surfboard and have your picture taken that was really good fun really enjoyed that um and then you again you had kind of like the art installations and things there was a really gorgeous room where they had these screens um it was just a dark room with almost like projection screens pulled down but they looked like polaroids and they were just playing little clips from Lilo and Stitch which was awesome so again it it children would have found that just a bit boring I think and um, oh look it's Stitch that's kind of it for them and um, the Snapchat filter in the Stitch room was really cool basically you would take a picture and it would add props so I had sunglasses on my sister had a beach hat and her boyfriend had Stitch sitting on his shoulder and Stitch would like lick the camera and mess around that was really really cool again not accessible for families without Snapchat um and obviously younger children that don't have a phone are going to have to use mum and dad's phone and they're going to have to download Snapchat and sign up for Snapchat and all this kind of stuff interestingly they didn't let you in until you showed them that you downloaded and installed Snapchat if you were going to be using Snapchat they were like if you're using Snapchat you have to be signed up logged in everything before you come in because we can't have you holding people up trying to sign up for a Snapchat account so they made you do that in the queue before you went in which was good good Disney people management and all of that so that was a really good room 
And then we moved into the Lion King room. So the first bit was this kind of like big jungle foliage area um, with a log. And you may have seen a video of my sister's boyfriend walking along doing the Hakuna Matata dance because they had a big, big screen and it had Simba, Pumba and Timon sort of walking over the bridge and that big iconic screen um, scene. The reason that this bit wasn't very accessible for children was like, all of these art installations, like the trees and the the logs and things, it, it was art. Um, that's the only way I can describe it. It wasn't like when you go to Disneyland and there's an area that looks like Alice in Wonderland or whatever. This isn't robust. This isn't here to last, you know, 50, 60 years like a Disney park. This is a, a piece of art in a, in a gallery in London. And the little girls that were there were sort of like climbing on things and you could see it like bowing like away from the wall. And it it just wasn't super child friendly. Like the purpose of it wasn't for children. And there's there's something else coming up soon that was really evident of that. And then the Lion King exercise, they had these three gigantic swings and you had to swing in time with each other. And if you were swinging in rhythm with each other, Hakuna Matata would play um over the stereo and we were spectacularly awful I think my sister had misunderstood what the actual assignment was um so yeah but that was probably I think all three of us said that was our favorite part of the experience amazing yeah I mean I'm definitely understanding the the not suitable for children thing more in a thing of kids holding people up like if you've only got again it's a limited space if you've only got one set of these surfboards in the Ohana Bay bit, you've only got one set of these swings, then you can imagine kids are going to be taking a lot of time and want to be repeating these things. And I can just imagine massive holdups. So I can totally see now why they say it's adults only. Yeah. And they and they didn't turn kids away, but it just wasn't advertised for being for children. And you're absolutely right, Tash. There was a guy in our group and he actually got to go down the stairs about 10 minutes before everybody else in our like load. And he had um, he was definitely neurodiverse. I'm not quite sure what condition he had, but it was very clear that um, his mother had a mobility issue and, and he had some sort of um, learning challenge. It was very clear. And it was funny because they, as I say, they were sort of 10, 15 minutes um, ahead of us. And we were taking our sweet time. As you can imagine, Tasha, I was taking pictures of absolutely everything. Use the bathroom in the Ahana Bay bit because they said that's where the toilets were. I was like, I'll use it now. So we weren't being quick by any means. And we actually caught them up at those Lion King swings because to get the mother who I think she was in a wheelchair and to get her onto the swing and for this guy who had uh, you know learning difficulties for for him to feel comfortable and everything and that we actually did catch them up at that point and then ended up overtaking them quite quickly so you're absolutely right anybody um young or whatever um is is going to be taking their their time so yeah and I think also there was an element of like us all sort of working together because the staff were absolutely amazing, but also like they're trying to hold up lines and things. So like for the surfboard bit, they don't just let everyone in. They they kind of let like small groups in and there's like a little waiting point there. So they're busy to sort of doing that kind of thing. So even though they say, oh, if you want any pictures, let me know, you can see they're busy. So there was like a, a couple, like two women who were sort of in their like 40s 
and me and my sister and my sister's boyfriend were taking pictures of each other on the surfboards and they were like do you want a picture of the three of you so there was it was very much that kind of um event and it was just you you can imagine what kinds of people it, it, it was I saw lots of Mickey coach bags I saw lots of lounge flies and and spirit jerseys and it, it was an event for for adults but as I say children were absolutely fine but there were certain bits that um it was just clear that children hadn't been taken into consideration um so that was the the Lion King section which was definitely our combined favorite and at the end of the event you actually had to vote for which area you thought was the best and it was very clear that Lion King was most people's favorite bit and then we moved on to the final section which was Mickey and Pals and this bit really was not child friendly so they had these like giant cubes and there was one for each of the um well it wasn't actually the fab five it was the sensational six because daisy was included which made me really happy and they were basically hanging from the ceiling and you had to duck under and put your head and stand inside it and then using snapchat you were looking for a hidden symbol in the room and you need to, to collect three of them and when you collect, so there's one in each box, but you just needed to find three. And once you had collected three, you unlocked a special filter on your Snapchat, which was Mickey, like with his arm around you um, or whatever. So that was quite cool. But this one, and my, this is where my sister pointed it out. She was like, you can see this is an adults only event. And I hadn't even considered it at that point. This little girl walked under a cube and was about a metre shorter than it. She was like, I can't see anything because it was hanging from the ceiling. You like had to duck under and put your head in it and it was like around your head. But obviously if you're a child, <laughs> you stand under it and you're like, I can't see anything. So their parent had to like get inside it and lift the child up, which I can't imagine would have been very pleasurable. And then be like, can you see the symbol? My arms are breaking. There it is. Look, um, you know, and six times as well, because there's six of them. For You only had to do three, but I wanted to look inside each of them. Um, so, yeah, that definitely wasn't child friendly. And then also in that room, they had a wall that had like Mickey's hat, Donald's hat, Minnie's bow, Daisy's bow, Goofy's hat, Pluto's ears. And you could stand under them and like have a picture, a bit like at a carnival or the pier, like a cutout type thing. And again, I mean, my sister was too short for some of them. They were at different heights. And yeah, again, a child just wouldn't fit under them. So it definitely hadn't been, it's not that it wasn't child friendly. It hadn't been designed with children in mind yeah it sounds it sounds like if it was for children it would have been a very different experience I can imagine a lot more waiting around bigger queues to do these certain activities I think that that is something that you do have to take into consideration with these things like children would hold the whole process of this up because like you say can you see the symbol it's there where it's there but like it just sounds like yeah it would take a lot more time to to do with kids and I think yeah when you've got an exhibition space that is quite small and is intended to be done within under an hour you can't really guarantee that with children yeah definitely definitely and then the final kind of event if you will was part of this mickey room and it was really amazing there were these um six statues one for each of the gang and you went into this room you went in in quite a large group it was a dark room it reminded me if anyone's ever been to the Walt uh not the Walt Disney my gosh um the Wizarding World Leavesden Studios in Watford the Harry Potter Studios it reminded me of the room you go in there the holding room 
where they have the posters, the film posters of each movie, and then they talk about the story of like how they found the book and how they made the movie and how it was a sensation. It really, really reminded me of that room. So you had screens either side and then these six figures and they got us all in the room and then there was like a countdown clock. Um, That was quite interesting as well. One of the little girls, the two little girls were in our showing and one of them was going, there's a bomb. And the mum was like, do not say that. (laughs) Like We're in central London. She was like, there is mum mum there's a bomb like children are so strange aren't they and the mum was like there's not there is they, the lady said that that's what is ticking down and it was just oh shut up like why do children say such weird things anyway um it wasn't a bomb um unsurprisingly um so it got to zero and then basically each statue it was quite cool but it went on for a really long time I feel like we could have definitely come out quicker but I assume that we were being held for some reason each statue had a sensor and if you went up to the sensor and sort of like just stood next to it that character would start making fireworks sort of in the background so if you stood next to Minnie these sort of like red fireworks would appear and there'd be like a mini bow and a mini shoe and you go and stand next to Goofy and like a Goofy shoe or Goofy's hat would appear in green so you were sort of making fireworks appear in the night sky but I'm not quite sure what was wrong with my group. I don't know if maybe they don't listen or they can't follow instructions, but nobody else seemed to figure out what was happening. Um, myself, my sister and her boyfriend very quickly were like, oh, look, now there's Donald and, oh, let's try Daisy, let's see. And they were all just standing in the middle going, oh, look, some mini fireworks. And it was like, yeah, no, we just set that off. Like they they weren't working out that they needed to do the fireworks, but the lady explained that. So I, I don't know, it was very strange. And as I say, we were in this room for a really long time, like probably 10 minutes. It was like, we did all of the characters and then it was a bit like, can we go now? <laughs> um, and then there was a really spectacular finale the whole screens filled up with these amazing fireworks and the statues as well were like neon and led and like they look it it was a really aesthetically pleasing event great for a photo op um a really lovely celebration of you know a selection of disney classics and the world of disney and disney friendship and everything like that really really good fun i'm really glad i did it and um yeah that is pretty much it in a nutshell and i think it i think it took us um realistically I think the event took us about an hour but actually with the queue times waiting to get in and everything it was probably a good hour and a half with there was a lot of waiting around at the beginning okay interesting yeah I mean it sounds I think you described it perfectly at the beginning it sounds really good if you have easy access to London or if it's in another city if you have easy access to the place where it is or you happen to be in London or something that day but not necessarily something to make loads of effort to go out of your way for. Exactly. And it was rail strikes that day. Luckily, they weren't that bad. It was just one train an hour. But that meant that we we did get to London quite early because we didn't want to miss it. But also, we didn't really stick around after we got some lunch. And then we were like, we should probably head back because we don't want to be stuck at Victoria with like the commuters trying to get home. Um, whereas, yeah, I do think... For us, Brighton to London, I think it was worth it. But if you lived kind of, you know, two hours, three hours from London, I I wouldn't say it was worth making a special trip. Okay, interesting. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done any of these kind of pop-up exhibitions or anything like that. And I would really like to do one at some point. But 
yeah, it's waiting for kind of all the stars to align with childcare and being able to get to London and things like that for me. So I'm I'm still waiting for for my event. The perfect opportunity. And of course, we kind of alluded to this at the beginning. There is loads of really cool stuff happening for Disney 100 worldwide. So if you go on your Disney 100 website, there's disney100.co.uk for us in the UK, but there'll be a US version and a German version and a French version, depending on where you are. You'll be able to get a list of what stuff Disney are doing in your city, your town, for Disney 100. And the next big one for London, Tash, is of course the concert at the O2, which we both have tickets for. And I'm very, very excited. Me too. I know. And that's only a couple of weeks away, which I can't believe it. It's still, I can't get my head around the fact that June is next month and we're pretty much in summer now. It's, it's mad. So yes, we will be doing a similar episode. We'll be talking all about that in a few weeks time. Um, but for today, that pretty much sums up the, the episode. We're not going to be doing a segment. We're keeping it short and sweet today. But as always, you can reach us if you have any suggestions, any comments, if you want to shout out. We are on Instagram at Chat Disney. Or you can find us on Twitter at Chat Disney UK. And we will be back next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.